How's it going today? If you have a Bible, go to Isaiah 9. Um, we're going to be working through this passage, and um, super intentional is what we're trying to do here is really journey together towards, um, towards the manger. And man, the more, the more Christmases I live, the more I realize that um, intentionality is huge because there's so much crowding in um, to really try to uh, show us this false sense of where we really find our joy. And so this morning, um, we are going to look at the topic of joy. And one of the things that I've realized is that the longer you live, the more you have to really fight for your joy. Um, you know, like, like kids, they don't know how to not be joyful. Right? They get in trouble because they're too happy and they're having too much fun, right? Like, quit, like everything is always great and, and, you know, you become adults and you, you become more aware of the world and you become more aware of, of the pain and the struggle my wife had a brief conversation with my daughter last night that kind of gave her a little bit more glimpse of the world that, that we live in, and she just began to weep, and it was a really struggled, hard conversation, because it's like, no, you, you don't want to show her that, but at the same time, like, you want to show her that, because we want to show her that there's a joy that's found not in our surroundings, but in our Savior, and so... Um, you know, and then it's like the, the older, the older you get, the, the tends to be like, you really have to fight against grumpiness and um, just unhappiness and just not having fun. Um, so joy is an incredibly important topic. There's two passages I just want to point out real quick as we dive into this topic that show, I think, that joy is incredibly important. Um, one is Nehemiah 8. It says this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So like it's saying, if you want to walk in joy, well, you better be close to the Lord first and foremost, but the idea of strength is attached to joy. So if you're going to have strength, if you're, if you're going to make it, you've got to figure out how to have joy in your life. Otherwise, we're in trouble. First Chronicles says, splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy. See, see the two come together? The strength of our lives is greatly attached to joy that's found in a person. Now, I want to spend some time trying to understand what, what do we mean by joy, um, because there's some things we mean and there's some things we don't mean. Um, joy, isn't, or joy isn't this momentary thing that we just have a good experience and then woohoo, but it's deeper than that. It's more soul satisfying than that. And that's what we're going to see as we journey forward. So um, let's go to our passage in Isaiah 9. Let's just walk through it fairly slowly. Um, We'll just start at verse 2. It says, The people who walked in darkness. So this is talking about God's people um, who are walking in significant darkness um, under oppression, uh, describing the, the Assyrians who were just overwhelming them and oppressing them. That's a lot of what Rick talked about last week, it just as he, as he looked to this idea of hope. And how do we find hope in the midst of overwhelming oppression and struggle? Well, that's what's happening in this text. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. So earlier on in the chapter, or chapter 8, it uses words like distress anguish, thick darkness to describe the scene. 
that God's people are experiencing under the oppression of the Assyrians. Um, but it, it's, an, it's a little bit of both. It's oppression and it's disobedience. It's God's people saying, I'm smarter than God. I know how to find satisfaction in my life better than God does. But notice it says, on them has light shone. On them has light shone. So there's something happening that in the midst of the struggle, there's hope. There's a glimpse. Here's what I believe. I believe that for true joy to be experienced, it takes some darkness. Like that we, you and I can't understand the joy of our salvation, right? Like we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Like that's, let's just be clear. Like there's some level of nonsense to that until you get the full picture of what this child means for the faith of a believer in Jesus Christ regarding our salvation and our rescue from a very, very dark place. So I, I want to pull a Rick um, this morning and show you a movie clip. Um, <clears throat> been ministering together for almost 10 years now, so you're starting to r- rub off on me. So how many of you have ever seen the movie The Martian? Awesome. Well, I'm about to ruin it for everyone who hasn't, so you can thank me later. Um, so the movie The Martian uh, stars Matt Damon, um, his character's name is Mark Watney, and basically these astronauts take a trip to Mars. And uh, they're on Mars, and there's this terrible storm that happens, and in the midst of that storm, um, Matt Damon, Mar- uh, Mark Watney is cast away from the crew, and they believe that he's, he's died. And so in the midst of trying to not have the whole crew die, they decide, we got to get out of here. And so they decide, there's no way we can save Mark um, he's dead, and so we're going to get on the ship, and we're going to um, get off this place because we're going to die. And um, come to find out, Mark Watney did not die. Uh, he, he, uh, he ended up getting back into all the different devices. I don't even know the names, but all the different safe havens in, uh, on Mars. And so he gets, he gets back in there and he decides, he's trying to figure out how, how am I going to live? First of all, the crew doesn't know I'm alive. NASA doesn't know I'm alive. I'm so far away from earth. Um, the next trip back to Mars is four years later. Um, so he's got to figure out, okay, how can I like ration my food? Um, not only that, like how can I get a message back home? And so you have the crew who's traveling back home, and they can't just like spin spin this shuttle around and go back, right? Like there's all this orbital stuff that like they have to be. Anyway, I won't get into that because that's far from the point or my ability to understand anything. But um, Mark Watney is been on Mars by himself for about six months, I believe, at this point that you're going to see in the clip. He's established a food source where he used uh, human feces and some potatoes to grow a garden where he can have sustainable uh, food to help him get to uh, the return trip uh, some several years later. Um, So he's stabilized. He's actually um, established some communication with NASA. And they've developed a plan to get him home. And, uh, and then this happens.
detected. Oxygen level critical. Oxygen level ten percent. For true joy to be experienced, it takes some darkness and some struggle. You've had moments like that. Well, maybe, maybe not. But um, <laughs> for us to fully understand, okay, who, 
what are we really celebrating in Christmas and what are we really celebrating in Advent? It takes some darkness and some struggle. The text says, on them had light shone. Last week, Rick made this statement, hope is only as useful as its substance. Okay, hear that. Hope is only as useful as its substance. So hope and joy are very closely connected. And I believe there's no such thing as true joy without the proper substance of hope. We looked at the passage in Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. So this light that the passage is talking about, what is it? Well, if, if light at the end of your tunnel is just more money, parents who don't get on you so bad, friends who don't betray you, Better behaved kids, a better marriage, a few more potatoes to eat while you're on Mars. We're going to have some problems, right? We might have some like momentary elation, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable because the truth is, is that God is light. I want you to keep going in verse 3. It says this, you have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy, they rejoice before you. So this passage is prophetic, it's speaking of what we're celebrating in Christmas, it's speaking of the coming of Christ in Luke chapter 2, born of a child, describing the joy and the increase of joy that happens in the promise and a foundation that's in Jesus. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest As they are glad when they divide the spoil, for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. So let me explain a little bit of what's happening here. So in verse 4, the words yoke and bar and rod were actually devices used to, by the Assyrians, you can see this in chapter 10, to oppress people. Those devices that were used, and what the passage is describing to us is that in the coming of Jesus Christ, there's a coming joy where those things God will bring an end to, where this oppression, this pain, this struggle that one day will be rescued out. One day it will be no more. One day. And then it begins to describe the day of Midian. You know what the day of Midian is? Maybe you're familiar with the story of Gideon. Familiar with the story of Gideon? So God takes an unlikely leader who's a nobody, and actually on inauguration day, he's hiding in a wine press because he's so scared of what God's actually called him to do. He takes this unlikely leader, um, and he gives him an army, and then he says, you know what, your army's too big, your army's too big, dwindles it down to like 300, and he says, I'm going to put you up against the Midianites, whose army, the scriptures say, number like the sand on the seashores. You couldn't even count them all, and then you're going to go in battle, but not only are you just going to go in battle, you're not going to have any weapons. You know, actually, I'll give you a can and a trumpet to go against this army. And the scriptures say that, that God's people with Gideon won decisively. It's ridiculous, right? It's crazy. Just like it's crazy that a Savior would be born of a virgin in a feeding trough. 
It's a very un, just an unlikely battle plan, right? It's just not how we would have thought of it, right? It's not how we would have gone about it. Because here's the thing about Jesus, is he's not this militant king. Like there was no military prowess. Like Gideon didn't get this award for what an unbelievable battle plan, like trumpets and candles. We're going to use that in, in the next battle. Well, it worked. Why? Because of the God who was present. That's why it worked. Listen, and then, and then the passage begins to talk about the battle scene. And where it says, every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. What is that saying? It's saying that there's going to come a day where the enemy will be stamped out. There's going to come a day. You know, it's the scene where, where, where the army comes in and they take over this camp and they burn all the enemy's stuff. Declaring victory. That's what's this is describing as it's getting ready to enter into a description of the birth of Jesus that Jesus will bring other defeat to our enemy, to sin. That he will. And there's a, there's a joy for the believer in Jesus that sustains us. I love this passage in uh, Psalm 46. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. That's what we're trying to do this Advent season. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all of the earth because hope is only as useful as its substance. And where the substance is not Jesus It will not produce enduring joy. Look at verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay, so this is like the royal birth announcement. Like, you ever tried to do some fancy, like, birth announcement? Like, okay, you can't top this one because this is Jesus. Okay? And so, it'll take off a little bit of the pressure. And we're like, we're going to have the best birth announcement. No one ever thought, okay, well, you're never going to have the best one because this is it. Um, Because this is Jesus. But I want you to see the words to us. To us. For unto us. Here's what I believe. I believe joy comes in proximity to safety. Think about that. Write that down. Joy comes in proximity to safety. And I don't mean physical uh, safety just alone, per se. I don't just mean physical safety. But joy comes in proximity to safety. Because he, notice what this says. For, for to us a child is born. Like... We're not just celebrating a Savior that was born um, for the world. We're celebrating a Savior that's born for you. Who comes near to us, wants to be close to us. Here's what I know today. Gosh, I need a Savior. 
Like, like in this moment, I can think of like, well, I need this and I need this. And like at the end of the day, the truth is I need a Savior who's for me. Like that I can know. And I can know that his arms are wrapped around me. I can know that I'm safe. Because joy comes in proximity to safety. Listen, Mark Watney needs help outside of himself. Can we just be clear about that? He needs help out, left to himself. Dead. He might sustain a little bit. He might eat some potatoes and figure out something cool to put on him um, when he runs out of ketchup. But he needs salvation outside of himself. That's the message of the gospel. And even in this um, very heavy political reality, this political world that we're living in, um, you know, it's like we're, we're in this place where uh, many are mourning the fact that um, Trump is be- becoming president. Um, some are in celebration of the fact that some is president. All of us are wondering what it's, how it's going to go, right? Um, and so even in the midst of all of this, um, here's, here's what Jesus, here's what the scriptures say that we rest in. Um, this child that's for us, it says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Right? Like, what, like, what, does, that, what does that mean? He's not out of control in the midst of anything. He's not fumbling around, wondering, like, how am I going to get through this? Or how, how, how are we going to handle this? What kind of trick is this president going to pull? Because we don't know. He's, he's, not, he's not there. He's, he's not. And here's what he's doing this Christmas season is he's inviting us to be near to him because joy comes in proximity to safety. And he's like, I want you to know I've got you. i got you. It's amazing. It's amazing truth. Our hope isn't in any certain leader. Our hope isn't in any certain situation because it's only going to fail. Our hope is in and where our joy comes from is Jesus Christ. Because for true joy to be experienced, it takes darkness and struggle. And joy comes in proximity to safety. I want to show you another clip from this movie. Because Watney needs help outside of himself. And he needs rescue outside of him. Self, and so I want to I want to show you the rescue, and I want you to see the joy um, that ensues in the midst of of this. Capcom, go. Remote command, go. Recovery, go. Secondary recovery, go. Pilot, go. Pilot, go. Captain, we'll go. Mission control, we are go for launch. T minus 10, 9. Main engine start. 8, 7. Warning times released. About five seconds, Watney. Hang on. See you in a few, Commander. 4, 3, 2, 1.
5.2 meters per second. Copy. Just in course. Joy comes in proximity to safety. I want to spend the last couple minutes just showing us how safe we are in Jesus. Look at, uh, look at verse 6. Look at what it says. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. So I just want to look at those, those four names. Wonderful counselor. What's a counselor? What's a counselor do? Anybody? Listens. 
Part of the key thing to being a counselor is actually um, coming to understand in a deep way an individual's story, an individual's struggle and pain, joys, all of the things that are triggers to, to, to have gotten them where they're at so they can then begin to speak into how to move on to a better life. Right? Well, the scriptures say that Jesus is a, is a wonderful counselor. That's pretty, pretty good news, right? Because you go to a counselor and they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how well they know me. I'm going to do the best I can to, to help them get to know me. Um, but here's the truth is that we have a God who made us. And the scripture says, he's to be our counselor. He's the one who says, I'm beckoning you to me. I'm beckoning you into my presence because I know you. And would you be so wise to trust my wonderful counsel in your life because I know better than anyone else your deepest struggles, your deepest fears, your greatest joys, everything you're walking through. And you're safe with me. Because joy comes in proximity to safety. The second one says, a mighty God. Have you ever had a, like a David and Goliath situation? Well, sorry, I'm great at giving you a comparison where you're like, well, no. I'm killing that one this morning. You're like, huh, like... Okay, well, have you ever been in a situation where it was just unlikely that it would go well, where you were the underdog, and the chances of you actually winning um, weren't very good? Um, And then when you do, like, all the more amazing it becomes, right? Well, the truth is, is that, like, God's destruction of the Midianites, it's just unbelievably unlikely. Like a a savior being born of a virgin. Like what? Like Mark Watney flying like Iron Man in outer space. Like what? Right? Like there's something going on that's bigger than us. Okay? There's a, a God who's working and crafting a plan that's bigger than you and bigger than me. And if we would slow down long enough and get close enough and just say... Jesus, this season, like, I want to get close to you. And I want to see that you're mighty. Like, that Jesus isn't just a good man. He's not just a humble guy. He's God in the flesh who came and did a miracle on earth to bring salvation, to offer salvation to your soul. And he says, that's what this season is about is that you would be reminded that I'm a mighty God and that that would lead you to joy because joy comes in proximity. And then it says he's an eternal father. Do you ever have like the arguments like as a kid about your dad? Like with other kids, like why your dad was better than uh, the other kid's dad. So um, I used to love going to work with my dad because... Um, he, so he worked, I got like all you can eat, uh, craft mac and cheese cause he worked for craft and I got like all, all that I could want. We had more cheese than we did water in our house. And, uh, it was amazing. And my friends always thought it was pretty cool. My college roommates were like, they'd I'd come home and, and they'd open the, the, the cabinets and it'd be like mac and cheese, like galore. And, um, I hate mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> 
my dad had lived in a fire lookout for like nine months, or it's just him up there, like looking out for forest fires, and he would catch wild animals and try to keep them as his pets. And like I'd use these stories with my friends and talk about how cool my dad is. And when they try to one up me, I'd be like, actually, my dad went on to work for NASA, and he's actually been to Mars. Um, his name's Mark Watney. Um, like we have these battles. Um, but here's what the scripture is saying, is that we have a God in Jesus Christ who's the greatest father ever. And he's never going to fail. He's not going to die off. In fact, he rose again. He conquered the grave. He conquered sin. And he's real. And in this Christmas season, we're reminded he doesn't live in a fire lookout. He created the fire. And he created the forest. Okay? He doesn't work for NASA. He invented everything that NASA tries to understand. In fact, he's outside of time. Looking at our lives, not checking his watch, outside of time, eternal. And he's inviting us, would you stop just long enough this Advent season to be reminded, I'm an eternal father for you, for you, for you. Would you experience the safety I bring by being near to me? And lastly, it says he's a prince of peace. You see, the majority of kings want to bring peace, right? Or at least they think they are in some way. We could argue whether it's effective or what that actually means. But we have a king in Jesus Christ who's the, the peacemaker of all peacemakers. Who wants to come and is coming to take what's been shattered and fractured and broken and bring shalom, wholeness, restoration. We have that now, but we wait for that that peace is coming through the prince of peace the person of peace Jesus he says in John 14 peace I leave you my peace I give you not as the world gives do I give let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid you heard me say to you I'm going away and I will come to you if you love me you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I he's like I'm the prince of peace I'm the one who wants to bring peace into your life but not like I'm going to throw it to you down while you sit at church but I'm going to come near to you and I want you to come near to me because joy comes in proximity to safety where you find I'm okay. Like, why is the kid so elated and so joyful? Because they know mom, dad, they they got me. I don't have to worry about, am I going to eat? I don't have to worry about, how am I going to, you know, survive? I'm taken care of. Taken care of. I want to wrap up with this final picture. Cooper, put that picture up. Moments before Mark Watney's launched into space for this attempted rescue, he's in tears. And I'm going to propose to you today that that's the greatest picture of joy in the world. He's in tears. Here's what's crazy is Watney was interviewed after the movie was shot. And they asked him about this 
scene. They did one shooting of this scene, and it was the one they showed in the movie. And Watney said that he, he was so in character in the midst of the scene that he realized in this moment that it had been a year and a half since he'd heard anyone's voice. And in this moment, he's sitting here, and he hears the voice of his crew who turned around, added 500 days to their mission home. They, they turned around, they come back to get him, and they finally piped into his helmet is the voice of his friends, the voice of his crew member, fellow crewmates that he hadn't heard in a year and a half. And in this moment, in the shooting of the film, he literally begins to weep in the weight of what was happening in that, in that scene. Here's the reality that for you and for me, we sit in the place of, of a God who wants to come to us and wants us to hear his voice. Who's saying, this Advent season, would you allow me to be joy for you? This Advent season, would you take a deep breath in the fact that I'm your safety. I'm going to rescue you. I have rescued you. I will continue to be your rescue. And might it lead us to tears of joy this morning. Let's pray. Father, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We run to you this morning. And even when we can't even get to you, we recognize that you're already coming to us. What a celebration, Father, that you are so for us, that you love us so, so much to devise the greatest rescue mission ever. To invite us into your presence. But thank you that you're not a distant Savior, you are ever close, ever knowing what we're walking through, ever knowing the pain that this season brings for some, the father who's left them, the father they've lost, the loved one they lost, the strange relationships. God, might we find joy in proximity to a safe God who's got us, got us. Praise be to your name that you got us. Oh God, would you stir joy and affection in our hearts as we sing, as we celebrate. In Jesus' name.